The Dateable Podcast is an insider's look into modern dating that the Huffington Post calls one of the top 10 podcasts about love and sex. I'm your host, Yue Shu, former dating coach turned dating sociologist. You'll also hear from my co-host, Julie Kraftchik. On each episode, we'll talk to real daters about everything, from sex parties to sex droughts, date fails to diaper fetishes, and first moves to first loves. We are excited you've joined us for an older episode. While our earlier seasons were all about dating in San Francisco, we quickly realized all the themes and learnings are universal for all daters, so we shifted to covering dating from all around the world as the seasons progress. The fun part is, things happen first in San Francisco, the tech epicenter and counterculture capital of the world. We love for you to keep tuning in to our older episodes, but there is no set order to listen in, so feel free to jump to more recent seasons or relevant episodes for you. Enjoy the show. We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. I love wine, but sometimes it can get really expensive, which is why I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by Last Bottle Wines. If you don't know, they're a Napa-based online wine shop with a twist. They offer just one hand-picked wine per day until it sells out, which is often in hours. So new day, new wine, always at incredible prices. We're talking 30 to 70% off retail. And the best part is that there's no subscriptions, no fees, and no minimum purchase. Just a daily email with a really great wine. They're offering Datable listeners 10% off your first order with code Datable. And now is such a great time to join as their marathon sale is coming up on March 28th and 29th. They flip that one-day rule on its head and offer back-to-back deals, which means that wines are only up on the site for a couple minutes at a time and shipping is 100% free. They send us a mini marathon package of some of their favorites and let me tell you, they were delicious. Sign up at lastbottlewines.com and use the code DATABLE and find out why Last Bottle is the most fun way to discover and buy amazing wine. This episode of Datable is brought to you by 500 Brunches. Meet like-minded people who share your interests over brunch. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Datable, a show that opens up a candid conversation about dating in San Francisco. And that very 
It's a very interesting <laughs> introduction <laughs> was by the lovely Michael Vargas, who's not 80 years old. And the woman that just hurt my feelings, but also <laughs> gave me a compliment for a, a very radio-like voice is our lovely UA. On each episode, we dissect a dating story, and today we have Jessica. Jessica, are you there? I am here. Yeah, so why don't you share with us your story? Oh, man. Um, so, um, I was dating this guy for, I mean, on and off for like 10 months, and we ended up, I mean, breaking up uh, at the end of it um, because he was like seeing someone else. Um, Ouch. Or like, I mean, yeah, that's the problem. You always think you meet someone and you're like, yeah, this is great. And then they're dating, like, five other people. So you guys never DTR'd? What? No. He all the time was like, no, no, it's only you. He, like, right when we met, it was like, oh, I just broke up with my girlfriend. Um, we started dating, quote, unquote. And then, you know, I thought we were more serious. I mean, because he told me we were. And then he would do all these horrible things, like, oh, we'd go to a bar and he would, like, leave with another girl. And then... <laughs> I like how you're giggling through this. <laughs> and, um, I, I, yeah, I mean, then uh, throughout this whole thing, then we'd, like, quote-unquote break up. But one time he was like, this isn't a break up because we're not even together. And I was like, oh, okay. Did you call him your boyfriend? Did he call you his girlfriend? No, no, no. Like, it was definitely not that serious. But it was serious. He would, like, show up at my house in, and be like, I love you. Question, Jessica. Did did you, when he said he loved you, did you feel like you actually loved this guy? Um, oh god, that's such a good question. Um, yeah. It was like, it was like Stockholm Syndrome. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was at his house once, and I found, like, girls' clothes in his room, and I was just like, that's so fucked up. And I actually remember telling him, like, it's fine, like, you can sleep with whoever you want, you can hook up and do with whatever you want with anyone. What is wrong with me? Who does that? So basically, he's not at fault at all. You are. Yeah, basically. But this whole thing is both parties. You set the precedence for, like, what you want, right? That was totally acceptable behavior, and I put up with it, and so, like, that was fine. Right. The other day, my girlfriend was like, oh, yeah, I'm going on a date. And she's like, oh, yeah, he's coming to my house at 1 a.m. And I was like, what? Excuse me? That's, that's, a, <laughs> that's not a date. And she's like, no, no, it is. It totally is. Yeah. We totally, you know, like, we allow for this kind of, like, behavior. And so then it's like, it's just perpetuates. So I, I don't know. Guys do it. Women do it. I think this story brings up a great idea of, like, the psyche of what's going on. The psyche of the person who stays in a relationship even though it's not working for them and the psyche of the person who keeps having the relationship there even though they're doing other things and I, I kind of want to talk about the, the guy's perspective a little bit on here and I imagine this guy had just extremely low self-value you know this guy probably did not feel good about who he was as a, as a human being and so one of the things that he needed was having several women around him to kind of make him feel better. And unfortunately, I think that's something that a lot of guys are taught because 
we're not allowed to express how we feel, so we have to find a way to manage our emotions. And, you know, slow self-worth is not the best one. So one of the best things that a guy can do or seem to be a best thing is to just kind of sleep with as many girls as possible and not only, like, have that experience, but also continually pull the emotional uh, the emotional feel from her to solidify his work. Michael, don't you think at some, okay, sure, maybe he had low self-esteem, or maybe this guy had really high self-esteem and he could get away with all this and still not be at fault for anything because he never defined the relationship with Jessica. He never said that he was in a monogamous relationship. So, I mean, if I were a guy, I'd be like high-fiving him. So the thing that we have here that is actually uh, pretty common is two things. We have, sorry to put this, but we have someone who's a narcissist and someone who's codependent, mm. right? And yeah. so the narcissist is the person that wants to make sure everything that they have needed is satisfied, and then we have someone who's codependent that wants to have the relationship but will do anything for the other person to make sure the relationship is still going, even if they know that it's kind of hurting them a little bit. Does that sound... Kind of accurate? Oh, yeah. I mean, probably. And I think at different times, like, I played one role, and then, like, you know, I think sometimes I played the other role. We would break up, quote-unquote, again, break up, and then um, inevitably, like, we'd always end up, quote-unquote, back together. And it was just, like, this awful cycle. So what was it that, that made you say, okay, I'm done? Are you crying? What's yeah. going on? <laughs> I'm laughing because it's just so funny. Um, well, you know, that's that's the other version of tears is laughter. Yeah. So. It, oh, yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, I think the big thing was basically just all my friends hated him. You know, when I found, like, other girls' stuff in his room. And my reaction was, oh, yeah, no big deal. Like, I at first was, like, really hurt. And then I was like, oh, wait, no big deal. Like, yeah, you can totally sleep with anyone you want. It was kind of after that weekend, I was like, wow, like, I've really hit, like, an all-time low. Like, I've completely, like, lost all respect for myself. I, I feel like a lot of us could relate to that mm -hmm. because as um, independent women, something that we try to do is overcompensate. So it's like we want to come off as like the cool girl, you know, the girl that doesn't want to um, commit too fast, who's not desperate, you know, who doesn't want to have that define the relationship conversation yet. So we go the opposite way a little bit too much to the point where like, no, we can tolerate this. Yeah, no, I'm cool with this. You know, and then, then you're like, why am I doing this? Why am I trying to prove that I am that cool girl by hurting myself as a result? You, you, it sounds like you're just walking on eggshells. Like you, the idea that you're talking about is like just walking on eggshells to do whatever you can to make sure the relationship continues. Um, I, I yeah, I, and maybe not even on eggshells, but more just, um, you know, you allow behaviors, um, from the other person or, you know, situations that aren't something that are okay to you. If, for example, like if you are in an open relationship and you are happy with it and you're okay with it and, you know, and that's like what you decide and you're like, okay, this is me, this is what I want, awesome. But like, I am not that person, right? So that kind of relationship, it's like, that would be like me being in one of those relationships, even though I know I'm not in, I could never do that. And just being like, oh yeah, I, I'm totally cool with that. 
What was it about this guy that made you stick around for so long? <laughs> that is a great question. Um, I have no idea. Um, I think I just, I, I think it was the timing. I think I was very attracted to him. When I met him, I was basically just moved to San Francisco. I didn't really know a ton of people and I didn't really know a lot of places. And he just lives like this crazy, awesome, like lifestyle, lives in Lower Pack Heights, goes out on Polk, lives in the, you know, hangs out in the marina. Like, and, you know, when I met him. Sounds um, like your typical douche. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> basically. <laughs> Except for you, whoever's listening that does that, you're the exception. <laughs> um... But, you know, it was it was kind of just like this crazy thing. We, you know, we met uh, during SantaCon and had this crazy, like, one-night whirlwind SantaCon romance. I don't know. And, <laughs> SantaCon and, romance. Oh, yeah. I love it. Pretty romantic, I gotta say. Not to divulge too much detail, but I may or may not have spent the night at his house. Either way, <laughs> like, the next morning we wake up. I the only clothes I have are obviously a Santa outfit. He actually puts his back on, and like we went to brunch. Well, it also just sounds like he didn't grow up, or he hasn't grown up. It's that Peter Pan syndrome, and and a lot of us go through that in San Francisco. A lot of us are still stuck in that. But but I wonder what I, it feels like. What you guys had was a great story, and I think sometimes we get stuck on that story, you know, of how you met or how this whirlwind romance took off, and then you uh -huh. want to make it work because it sounds like it's such a great story to tell your friends and to tell your family that you kind of create a person that's not real. Part of this is obviously your fantasy, and a part of this is his Peter Pan syndrome. And I hope that you learn from this. Are you still victim of this? Oh, no, 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 absolutely not. Um, you know, but I like, and that's what's funny. It was 10 months on and off dating, but I learned so much. It's just unbelievable. He'll still like check me out on LinkedIn, and I'm just like, bro, just off oh, LinkedIn. Oh, yeah. Wow, that's taking it to a whole new I mean, level. I think, sorry, producer chiming in. I think as shitty as that situation is, and I've been in one too, so I feel you on this, I feel like every girl at some point in their life should be in a shitty situation. Hear me out before I keep going. Because you do figure out what, like, Jessica realized what she deserves now. And by having something so shitty, you know exactly what you'll never tolerate again. Oh, 100%. is in a wonderful relationship, so I think it really all... Are, are you, Jess? I, I am. It's Yay! crazy. Yeah. It sounds like, you know, sometimes we need that, uh, that, that hurricane, that tornado to kind of ruffle everything up so that we can kind of clean it up so that we're prepared for the next thing. Let's hold that thought for a second. We'll get right back to it. This episode is sponsored by Vaya. We all know there are things that can help set the mood in the bedroom, but did you know a little THC could also do that? Yes, Vaya has developed a unique blend of pleasure-enhancing cannabinoids, libido-strengthening herbs, and a low dose of THC all into one mind-blowing gummy called High Love. This gummy, wow, it will awaken your senses, increase blood flow, and intensify any sexual experience. I've been pleasantly surprised by the High Love gummies because it is just the right amount of 
THC for me to have a good time without feeling sleepy. And hey, if THC is not your thing, Via also offers a wide array of other gummies without it. And everything legally ships in 50 states with discreet packaging directly to your door. So if you're over 21, you can get 15% off and a free pack of award-winning Dreams THC plus CBN sleep gummies with our exclusive code DATEABLE at ViaHemp.com. That's V-I-I-A-H-E-M-P.com. Let the gummies work their magic. Head to ViaHemp.com and use the code DATEABLE to receive 15% off and one free sample of their sleepy dream gummies. That's ViaHemp.com and use the code D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E at checkout. Take your passion and pleasure to a whole new level with high love from Via Hemp. We are so excited to share with you our new podcast, Exit Interview. Dates don't usually end with a satisfaction survey, and yet we rate everything in our lives, from Uber drivers to local coffee shops. So why don't we do the same thing when dating? We're here to conduct the ultimate romance review, featuring daters hungry for love who have agreed to call up old flames to gather honest feedback. Welcome to Exit Interview. He upgraded himself to business class while I was in economy. Wait, wow. What? There's feedback that will make you cringe. She could be a little bit hard-headed, like not reading the writing on the walls. And feedback that will make you swoon. When she said that she had feelings for you. I had no idea. Really? And maybe you'll learn a thing or two yourself about how you can be a better dater, lover, or partner. Obviously, like, knew I was going to learn something. I didn't expect this. Welcome to Exit Interview. Listen to Exit Interview on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Another way to look at this is to have better communication. Like, communicate your needs. Communicate your boundaries. Something we never do or hardly ever do in relationships in the beginning is setting boundaries. What does cheating mean to you? What is not okay? What is okay? What are the limits? That way we know when we've crossed the line and we can actually reprimand some, someone for it as opposed to being like, well, the line was a little bit gray in the first place, so I'll let him get by with this or I'll, I'll let her slip, slip away with this. You know, we just have to set the boundaries in the very beginning. Right. And I think, I think another point that is being brought up here is we need to trust our instincts more, people, in yeah. general. Like, uh, stuff happens, and we have a voice in our head that says, wait, maybe, maybe this isn't okay. And then what we automatically do is we start second-guessing that voice. We start shutting it down. We start saying, no, it's not a big deal, all this stuff. We need to trust that first voice. That first voice is like the voice of truth, and if we can kind of tap into that a little bit more and at least give it some leeway to kind of explore what it is that we're thinking about, I think we'd be able to kind of see these situations for what it is, as opposed to thinking, oh, we're so we're bad, no, this isn't a big deal, no, we can kind of put, put this away. Uh, which actually reminds me, John Gottman, who's one of the, the leading... Um, psychiatrist who studied uh, marriage and uh, for like 30 years and he identified which marriages works and which one doesn't and one of the things that he identified in a successful marriage the people who were married 30 40 years that are happy not just together but are happy is a thing he he uh, called the poop detector what yeah he, <laughs> that's the name he's very good with his names poop detector successful couples what they do is they often identify things that 
don't sit well straight from the beginning. From the moment something happens when it doesn't sit well with you or something doesn't feel right, successful couples will talk about it right away as opposed to allowing it to build up or last 10 months later down the road. That's so, it's so easy to say, but so hard in practice because I know so many couples who have problems in the beginning and individually they go, I'll let it slip by. I can tolerate this. I'm learning to accept her or him as who he or she is. And then it builds up and it turns into resentment. I love that idea. It's just, it's hard in practice. Yep. So we got to catch the poop early. <laughs> I thought you meant like, Couples who poop together stay together, which I actually... They have two toilets. If you had those, like, back-to-back -to -back toilets, you just, like, take a shit together. We're done with this podcast. We have the wisdom. Right? Yeah, we have the wisdom. That is the key to a long-lasting marriage. That's take it. a shit together once yeah. a week. <laughs> Everybody poops. Poop, to, poop with your lover. Dot com. <laughs> buying it. Buying it now. You think I'm kidding? We're buying it now. Well, what's okay? So, Jess, if do you like how I call you Jess? Like, like yeah, I love it. I totally, it, yeah, like best friend. If you yeah. saw that guy now, what would you say to him? If you just like randomly ran into him on the street, what would you say to him? You know what? I honestly would probably hide or like duck or like. <laughs> I would, I, I, I don't know what I would say to him. Um, thank you. Um, you know, you taught me how, um, no person in a relationship should be treated. Thank you. But I, you know, I, I, I would probably run. I would, I would probably run. I would, if I saw him, I would probably just turn around and run away. Michael, do you have a question of the day? Yes, I do. Oh. Sally Sue asked, how do I know when I found the right one? Whoa, that's so really, we go from poo pooing together that's it. To, <laughs> when you're able to poop together in back-to-back -to -back toilets, you know you found the right one. I hate this fucking question. Sorry, I'm going to get angry because you'll never know until you found the right one until you die and then you're like, oh, that was the right one. It's like a hindsight question. So you just have to go with it and be like, yeah, I think this is it. So what, what I guess maybe what would lead us more into to that direction then well I think I, I mean I think there has to be you know like have you heard that thing about work about the 70 30 or the 80 20 like in a job like you know if it's 80% of stuff you love and 20% is like meh or it's you know 70% you love 20% is like meh it's okay and like 10% is like I hate it they say like if that's like kind of your job breakdown like you're doing all right I, I don't know. I kind of feel like, you know, obviously, you know, every human is different. You know, when you're in a relationship, there will be things that you're inevitably just going to be like, yeah, this is great. Um, and then there will always be things about another person that you're just like, God, like the way that person picks their nose is really annoying. Why? Like, why do they do it that way? Hey, Jessica, you know, what do you think about a guy who blows uh, bubbles on your stomach? Oh, my gosh. When? Like, when? <laughs> when? On the first You're walking down the street, of course, to Trader Joe's. I mean, that could that could be adorable. I I, I don't know. Oh, I'm, it I'm could trying be to... adorable. It could it could no. be it it could be, but you know, it's also I think it depends. Like, is this like date one? Is this date like fifty? <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, did I just eat like a giant meal? Oh, like, what, what, 
what's going on, right? Um, I think for me, I know that I found the right one. If something really awesome happens to me or something really terrible happens to me and they're the first person I want to call. Mm. That is yeah. like the, the first person that pops in my head. I have to tell this person or I have to get this person person's opinion or I have to ask for this person's help. It's like having that, that partner in crime. You know, you're someone who's always on your side. That's when you know. For me, a couple of things is one, like, I guess what's important to me is humor. And if we can make each other laugh all the time, I think that's a really good indicator. Um, also, if this person just gives me energy for the most part. Like, if we energize each other pretty consistently, uh, I think I think those two are very good indicators of, okay, this person's worth my time. Let me find more about who she is. I love that. Then, oh, and when she blows on my stomach, too, I know we're in complete pink. Oh, so you like to receive as well? Okay. What? No, he, wait, he's what? A, he's <laughs> equal opportunist. He receives and gives. That's good. That's great. The blowing goes both ways. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Um, we're going to end this here. Don't forget to submit your stories. And remember, you can always remain anonymous. We can change your name. We can change the names of the people in your story. We want to make sure you're safe in this really scary dating universe. And last but not least, Michael. Stay dateable. The Dateable podcast is recorded in San Francisco. We would like to thank our sponsor, 500 Brunches, for making this happen. To connect with us, visit dateablepodcast.com. Mm-hmm.